You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Come the tackle. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. You can send us actual physical mail to 123-Redneck-Holler. <laughs> you can just put Shady Oaks Trailer Park, all right? So uh, Doug in the chat said, Friday night show means Clayton's now divorced, and the show is coming <laughs> coming right from the Shady Oaks trailer park. So there you go. That's, that's where we're at tonight. I know uh, I like what Chewy said, too. I think Chewy's spot on because I went, that sounds real familiar. He said, hey, oh, Doug, for real, there is a Shady Oaks trailer park. <laughs> so, I, I, I searched quick, too. There was actually one in, uh, in my town. We got a one-star review, but that's all right. We're working on it. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Hey, doesn't this guy live down the street? I tried this one chilling that set my mouth on fire, and I had to drink a two-liter of Mountain Dew. No, he's the president of the home association. Man. That's, that's, that's our prayers right there. That is it. Jen Wright says, especially since he left Mandy at the steakhouse once once this week already. Yeah, we uh we didn't go out to eat tonight, fellas. That didn't go over well. Yeah. So we just we made a pot roast tonight and exchanged glances across the living room. You know what I'm saying? One of those evenings. Pass the salt. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, pass the salt. She throws it at me, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, Doug. Pretty pretty funny stuff. He said, "No way, Chewy. I was spitballing that. I'm pretty, <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure there's a Shady Oaks here. Seriously. So anyway, nonetheless, people who come for Packers talk, I apologize. We've let you down once again, but that's just the way it rolls here. Um, how you guys doing tonight, Tim? How you doing, Bob? Happy to be here, man. It's a good Friday to to hang out, and talk some ball, man. That's what I'm talking about. What, what about you, Amelia? What are you into this evening? You got anything on the grill tonight? Nothing on the grill. Just got done hanging some ceiling in the basement. Uh, so we're just staying busy, man. You know. Got it. Amelia! <laughs> Andy Apex says those Brazilian steakhouses are like Disneyland. They really are, man. I, I can't even sit down. I'm, I'm holding my plate, walking around a restaurant, just eating. You know what I mean? Just chilling. <laughs> the red yeah, that I am. <laughs> Let's see here. All right. Dennis Shook says, Clayton. Al. I think he's saying am Clayton. Am I wrong, or am I sending that you're not crazy about the DC hire? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I think what he's saying is, is he is he reading me wrong, or am I not crazy about the DC hire? I have no problem with the DC hire. Um, I got a very boring take on this type of stuff, Dennis. To be honest with you, I trust the coaches. I trust the general manager. I trust Mark Murphy. They know way more about football than me. Now, if you're asking my honest fan opinion. I think you probably could have found someone more qualified, but we may look up this season and go, man, they knocked it out of the park. 
I kind of felt the same way about Matt LaFleur is the reason I'm saying this. Uh, when they hired Matt LaFleur, I was like, man, there are so many other better candidates than him. And then ever since then, outside of Jim Harbaugh, who's now back in the in the league, Matt has the highest winning percentage amongst all active coaches, if I, if I understood correctly. So um, I don't get too worked up over that stuff. What I get worked up over is when when fans and media, you know, specific fans and media, they try to paint an inaccurate picture of what's actually happening on the field. That's the stuff that gets under my skin, right? But uh, as far as this hire, I like his pedigree. You know, you guys know I'm I'm big on cover three, right? Cover three is my favorite defense. I think if you keep three deep across the board, right, and specifically zone, if you play from that perspective, you're keeping eyes on the quarterback, eyes on the ball at all times, that type of thing, right? Now, people were going, but Clayton, he runs a ton of man coverage at BC. It's true, he did. But if you go back and watch what he did at Ohio State, a little bit different. His pedigree is coming from Robert Sala's coaching tree, right? Mike Pettin's coaching tree. The point is, when he gets to the National Football League, you're not going to see 60 and 70% man coverage. It's just not going to happen. So I think he said everything on that video we showed, I think it was yesterday, he likes to play middle field close. Now, I think it went over a lot of people's heads because it definitely went over my head the first time I watched it, was he doesn't do a lot of a lot of late rotation from the safety spot. He basically comes out and shows what he's going to run. That way his guys are in position and you're not getting to the point late. That may help with our tackling problem, right? That may help with blown coverages. People are already in the right spot and can read it from start to finish. Now, just like everything with the National Football League, when you go from X scheme to Y scheme, you're sacrificing one thing to gain another, right? So if you're sacrifice, if you're if you're gaining, we're already going to be in a, in position and play with that middle field close, like we talked about on that video. Then you're sacrificing the sugar aspect of showing two on the shelf very very consistently, right? And I uh, got into a conversation on Twitter earlier. Someone tagged me, and um, actually, I had retweeted a Ben Fennel video. I think that was he was on Cheesehead TV, I believe. It was either Cheesehead TV or Pack a Day. I think he was on both the last last day or so. And uh, posted that video because Ben Fennel's seeing the same thing on tape. Like he's pointing the same thing out. Like, look, just just because you want a more aggressive defense, that doesn't mean it's going to be a better defense. You're going to be way more vulnerable to explosives. Someone responded to me and said. Well, the Baltimore Ravens, they gave up the most explosives in the league this year. I went, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so he, uh, that guy came back and said, I- I'm sorry, the second most explosives. And I'm like, no, they didn't. What are you, what are you talking about? So it kind of triggered me to go, let me go look this up. Maybe I'm completely off base here, right? So I looked up the explosive rates here, and, and here's how it fell in the league this year, okay? So Kansas City led the entire National Football League, only averaging 4.8 explosive plays per game. Okay, now what's an explosive play? Like we've said all year long, explosive plays are passing plays that are more than 20 yards, okay? Rushing plays more than 10 yards are considered considered explosive as well, okay? So basically Kansas City total had 76 explosive plays, right? Who did we say was the number two scoring defense in the league? Kansas City, right? So there you see the explosives kind of trickling down. We talked about New England having a solid defense, right? They're second in explosives, okay, explosives per game, all right? So when you kind of break it down from that perspective of total explosives per play and all that good stuff, it's it's a very important aspect. 
to play in defense. Okay. And that's why I wanted to bring that up. Another one that you that you would see at the top toward the top of that list. Like I said, you got Baltimore, you got Kansas City, you got San Francisco. All the teams you would expect to be up there, right? Are up there. And you look at the explosives again, or you know, when you look at expl- total explosive plays, San Francisco finished at 80. Okay. So that was fourth, the fourth least amount of explosive plays they gave up on defense. Right. Now, some people are going, this is boring. Why are we talking about that? It's important to understand why we got to the scheme that we did with Joe Barry. Okay. The whole purpose of going to the Fangio style defense. Now, keep in mind, we like to pretend like it was just this huge mistake doing it as if we did it this year. We did it three years ago. Right. At that time, it was something that was very hot in the league. You're starting to see teams catch on to the Fangio scheme now. So you're starting to see those explosives rise. Another thing is us playing man last year. We show chalk talk over and over and over where we got burnt man coverage, giving up explosive plays, both the run and the pass, right? Well, there was also plenty of explosive plays given up when we were playing shell too. So when you look at the explosives by defense, look at Green Bay on this list. They gave up 105 explosive plays. That's in the bottom third of the league. So playing that shell, which we did um, much less of this year, in my opinion, than we did the year before, we kind of started to shift to that, just that cover one look where we played a lot of cover one man. Um, it was very rare we played two man under and uh, and zero coverage, although we did pluck a couple zero coverage plays out on Chalk Talk. Um, but we weren't preventing explosive plays with this defense last year. Now, I'm not going to be a broken record. You guys know where I stand on why they gave up those explosive plays. I don't remember hardly, if any, where I was like, man, this is just the way the way we're schemed up here. This is bad scheme. It was always blown coverages and missed tackles, right? So you got to kind of – it's not a sexy response. It's not a popular response. It's somewhat boring, but it's true. Everything lies in the fundamentals, and that's where this defense failed miserably, tackles and blown coverages. We're going to find out this year if it was Joe Barry or if it was the personnel. Now, Goody may go and flip this defensive roster a bit, right? There's been kind of rumors about that and, and the vision of the defense. Matter of fact, we got a quote from uh, or a quick video from Goody talking about that very thing. But um, if he doesn't do that and you pretty much run it back with this defense again and they fail miserably again, now you can step back and go, okay, maybe it wasn't Joe Barry. If they improve dramatically, it's either going to be it was Joe Barry or, hey, this scheme, this is a better fit here. But the whole purpose of that whole exercise with the explosive plays and everything is to just point out, you know, if you're going to run the same type of defense that Jeff Halfley ran at Boston College, and we have no reason to believe he's going to do that. None of us know what we're going to run, right? Exactly. Um, it'll probably more be more like Salah because we heard Coach Halfley talk last night that, you know, in the NFL, you got to play it totally different than you play college. You got to, mainly because of the hash marks that Emilio always talks about. But when you look at the BC explosive plays last year, right? Actually, in the last four years, so the four years that he was there at BC, they gave up 13.3% of the time explosive plays. That was 24th highest in all of college football, all of college football. So, He is susceptible to explosive plays with the exact scheme that he ran at Boston College, and that's what Ben Fennell was pointing out. Now, immediately people go after Ben and try to attack him and tell him how he's stupid and he doesn't know football, which is just mind-boggling to me because he's one of the bright minds on Twitter and he's got a a level head and he's not cussing people out when you disagree, right? Um, But hopefully that answers your question, whoever asked that. That's – 
it, was he my top candidate? No. Was he in my top 10? Absolutely not. Can he be a good DC? I sure hope so. And I'm holding out hope and I'm going to choose to look at the glass half full and give him a, give him a chance. Just like I gave Joe Barry a chance. Many people didn't give Joe Barry a chance, right? Many people didn't give Mike Patton a chance, mm-hmm. um, but that's just not how I fan, if that makes sense. So um, with that being said though, Let's hear what Goody had to say about the defensive vision. And I want to get Tim and Emilio's take on this for sure. Goody was asked, hey, you know, what's your vision for this defense? And I think I've got the longer clip where he actually, to me, it sounds like he's hinting that, hey, look, we might have a little bit of a turnover in the back seven. Now, why would he say that? These are his guys. These are his guys he drafted, right? Why would he say we, we were inconsistent in the back seven? He's pretty much admitting this wasn't Joe Barry. We played pretty bad in the back seven, period, case closed, right? But here's what he had to say. Invested a ton of draft capital on that side of the ball. What is your vision for that defense and what it should look like in 2024? Yeah, and I thought, you know, I thought, you know, this year there was moments that we were really good, you know, and, um, you know, but I think there's much, much more out there for us. I think I was, um, I thought we played pretty consistent football in the front seven. I think the back end is where we, we probably weren't as consistent as we needed to be. And, um, you know, I'd like that to be shored up. Um, there'll probably be some moving pieces there uh, going into next year. Um, but it's kind of like it always is. You know, I want a fast, physical, aggressive defense that, um, you know, plays sound. And, um, again, I thought there were some really, really good moments, particularly late where we were playing some very good football teams and, and they played very well. But, um, you know, the consistency is what I always look for. How does um... – the hiring there does impact you as far as picking players in the draft you have maybe focus on different skill sets or positions to kind of fit what he wants? Not, not, not a ton. You know, I think, you know, this league's a four two five nickel league, and I think I'm certainly, as Jeff comes in. When he says four two five nickel, that's what we were running. You hear me say two four five because Gary and Preston Smith are listed as outside linebackers when essentially it's what Matt LaFleur was saying is those outside linebackers are defensive ends. They're just going to be – on the depth chart, it's now going to say defensive end. Remember earlier this year, we had Josiah DeGuara was tied in, and they changed it to FB for fullback, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it changes back to tied in. It means absolutely nothing. Whether you're running 21 or 12, it's still going to trigger a base unless you're an exotic defense like the Cowboys, the Ravens, some of these teams that are just going to play nickel and dime anyway. But anyway. Then we're very excited about that, you know, the conversations about kind of how, you know, we're going to want to play, and we obviously through the interview process we had some of those. So – um, and that'll be a, you know a work in progress, but um, you know as far as how we go about our process and scouting and what we're looking for, probably won't change a ton. Um, but those conversations will be had over the next few weeks. Is his base plan much different than what you guys have done, or, or is it going to be? Yeah, I think I think obviously he's um, he's he's worked in a lot of different systems. Uh, he's very flexible that way. Um, and again, I think as he gets to know our personnel more, I mean, obviously he's been in college and working at Boston College the last four years. But as he gets to know our personnel, I think he's, his thoughts will kind of work more towards exactly what he wants to do. But um, in our initial conversations, and obviously Matt had a lot more than I did, um, but just you know, really excited about some of his thoughts and, and where he could take our roster. In your scouting trips, did you ever stop by there and talk with him at all? You know, I haven't been to Boston College in a little while. Um, when he was at Ohio State, I think I did have a brief conversation with him in his one year at Ohio State. Um, not a lot of uh, – he's very, very well-respected in the league and someone that, um, you know, I know that, um, you know, has, has been highly respected and uh, for a long time. I love the fact that he's got some head coaching um, background. I think that will help us and help Matt uh, as we go forward. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to working with him and getting to know him more. Now you've been- 
All right, there you go. So um, said a couple of things there. First of all, I think what he said about him being a head coach is absolutely huge. It gives mm-hmm. a totally different perspective on everything. You know, I always I always tell people like if a young person asks me for advice on a job or trying to advance their career, I always say go to work every day looking at your job through the eyes of the owner of the company. If you approach it like that, you will you have no choice but to soar to the freaking top of the ranks like that. And it will happen because 95 percent of society is looking at it totally the opposite. What's the least amount I can do and get paid the most for? And that's that's how you'd never get promoted, you never get anything. So um, with that being said, another thing he said, too, is he hadn't been to Boston College in a while. It's funny. It kind of comes full circle. It's it goes hand in hand with what we said. You know, it's hard to judge. Uh, you know, it's hard to judge Jeff on what he did at Boston College, knowing that that roster was somewhat depleted. But anyway, Tim, uh, with what Goody said about possibly revamping the defense, did you get the same vibe I did that it's kind of like, I think there may be some changes on this defensive side of the roster. Do you feel like that or not? Yeah, a little bit. I don't want to, you know, speculate and read, you know, try to read into Goody's comments too much. I want to take them at face value. It sounds to me like he feels pretty good about our defense. Um, but yeah, personnel changes are on the horizon. They're, they're like that every year. I, I don't think um, I don't think bringing in um, Coach Halfley to to run the defense is gonna cause Goody to just upend this roster and you know start pulling guys, trading, um, you know, drafting crazy, going to free agent crazy, going nuclear, if you will, in that secondary. I don't see it happening, um, but I do think that this this may be a year we see him a little bit more active in the free agent market on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and we'll see how the draft goes. You know, we, you guys saw our mock draft the other day. Uh, I'm with it. Take two safeties yeah. right away. If you have to, um, that's kind of been our feeling even before this hire. So um, I think they're going to be looking at coach Halfley to come in here and uh, you know, look at the talent that we have and that Goody has drafted these past few years and uh, really get the best out of them. I could see new roles for some guys. You know, we talk about Quay Walker possibly thriving in a different scheme and maybe being utilized a little differently. I'm all for it. Um, But I don't think we're going to see a massive overhaul of the roster, but that's just my take on it. Yeah, what about you, Emilio? Well, I I like that he said that Matt had a lot of questions in in those couple interviews they had with him. I like that he was was drilling them. I know we were talking about that beforehand. he, I like, he's going to be flexible. I mean, I know we're talking four, three, three, four, all that stuff, but I'm excited to kind of see the numbers three weeks in and see where we're actually at, you know, where this defense is at. And that's what Goody was talking about. You know, let him get a look at the players, see what he likes. And I'm, and Goody said, you know, if we have to, we'll re, we'll relook at that in a couple of weeks and see what we actually need. Um, but I think that's why they wanted to get him. You know, why wait another week if we don't think anyone on the, uh, the Chiefs or San Fran's it? I'm glad we, you know, we, we locked him up. Let's get moving on this. And then the last thing was, if Goody went so young on the offense last year, I wouldn't see him having a problem doing it on the defense this year if he had to. I mean, I know we're paying you know some older guys, but if he drafts enough young guys, I don't see a problem with him throwing them all in there. It's not like they're going to be that far out of college. It's like you know you're a super senior sort of thing. Like the offense, most of the offense is a super senior, so it's not like it's that far out of reach for Jeff to be coaching them up. It's not going to be that much of a problem, I don't think. That's yeah. a great point. Really is. For sure. I, you know, I kind of look at it like he's to me, what I took away from that little that little tidbit on the defensive side is 
he's acknowledging, yeah, they just weren't consistent enough on the backside. You know, if they thought it was a scheme problem, then probably wouldn't even make that comment. But the fact that he pointed that out and then they finished the season strong, right? Um, but he said, you're looking for consistency. That's, if you'll notice the stats that we pull on this show, that's why we don't focus on sacks. We don't focus on interceptions. We don't focus on tackles. We're looking at the consistency side, right? I want to know what's the passer rating when targeted for anyone in the secondary. I want to know where are their missed tackles, not their total tackles. I want to know the missed tackles. Right. I want to know their, their bus percentage play, according to SIS, at every position, right? Um, that's kind of how I look at it. You know, on the offensive line, people go, well, he didn't allow any sacks. I'm like, okay, that's great and all, but – how, what's his blown block percentage, mm-hmm. right? Like with Rashid Walker, people keep pointing out, you know, this, he, you know, however many sacks he didn't allow or what have you. If you go to his blown block percentage, you you kind of see the whole picture and go, mm, he played good, but he's not David Bakhtiari. Where's the pancake numbers? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, where, where, when, why haven't we gotten those stats updated recently? Like, those are those are what I'm missing. Exactly, like when someone stumbles on the on the yeah, I want to see something on top of them and point at your hat like that was me. I got that. Yeah, I used to watch guys do that in high school. It's hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Jump up out of the pile and do this after after seven people made a tackle. They wanted that tackle. That was me. Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> shut up! If you're, you know, your, your hands have been on your hips since halfway through the first quarter. Once you get in shape, instead of worrying about tackle. <laughs> Come on, man. Seriously. Anyway, I'll tell you someone who is going to be back, no doubt about it. They asked him, did you ever give any thoughts about trading Jair Alexander? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built 
for us. Duration to training him no. this season? No. Hey, Brian. Uh, you- next. <laughs> the way he quickly snapped that head away. No. Next question. Yeah, I've <laughs> – I love it. So, Ja will be back, right? There's no doubt about that. Dennis Shook in the chat said, Clayton, should Goot go – should Goot – that's hard to say – due to the safety room this year, what he did to the tight end room last year, or more like the Amos Savage offseason? So, you've got to look at the market, right? You're willing to overpay for great. You'll never overpay for good, right? And the only player that I came up with is Antoine Winfield in Tampa. I would be willing to overpay for him a little bit because he is great, right? Now, the problem with that is there's a good chance he's going to get franchise tag. You know, they have to decide, are they going to slap the franchise tag on Antoine Winfield or Mike Evans? My guess would be Antoine Winfield over Mike Evans. Let Evans test the market. Who knows, though? They may go the alternate route. If he's available, I'm okay with paying that $18 million they talked about. You're taking a big swing and then you can fill out in the draft. Imagine if you did sign Antoine Winfield, right? Imagine signing him as your starting safety and then turning around and drafting Kinchins and or Newbin. Now all of a sudden you take what was a weakness on the roster last year and you flip it to a strength, and it's a position of Tier 2 importance. could be absolutely huge for the defense. So I guess to answer your question, I like both avenues there, Dennis. I think the more likely one, will be swinging two or three times in the draft. And, again, we like Kensons, We like Newbin. I'm sure there's some other good quality there as you get a little deeper in the draft. But those are the two that really pop to me. Newbin's my favorite, but I'm definitely in the minority when I say I like Newbin over Kensons. Um, everyone else loves Kensons. And it's still early. By the time my board's finished, I'm liable to be right on the bandwagon too. Right. But it sits right now. I definitely like Newbin more. But imagine he does that, like we talked about during that mock draft. Imagine him pull the trigger on two safeties and say, hey, the you know, the secondary is going to be shoddy for the first six weeks of the season. Offense, hold your own and yeah. like carry the team, you know, and go from there. And and if he if he if he's fine with how it turned out this season, I, I think he'd give it a shot for next season, as long as we're not getting absolutely smoked on defense. And here's See, the thing I'm halfway there with you, but you know, if we're going to play more man, I'm not saying press man all the time, but if we're going to play more man, uh, you're going to tell me we're, we're not going to have any veteran presence. That's true. There. I mean, That's at this true. point, like, let's say Winfield's off the off the table here, like Clayton's saying he gets tagged and, he, and he's down there and in Tampa still. Do we keep Savage? Because clearly, you know, he can test the market. I don't know how big of a market there is for uh, Darnell Savage. Obviously, you know, we'd probably pay him a little less than we paid him for last year um, and keep him on this team as a veteran presence back there with, you know, Ant Johnson Jr. and uh, a whole gang of rookies, you know. Right. Um, I don't know, Clayton, What do you, I'm interested to hear your your thoughts on that. Do you, because uh, I'm with you, let's go young. Let's go young. We need some young, you know, some youth in that safety room, just like we said with tight end. This is almost like, it's a great question because, it's like we talked about last year. Do we keep Mercedes Lewis? You know, mm-hmm. do we keep a veteran tight end? And, you know, we said no, and we let the kids play this year, and it turned out pretty <laughs> good for us. Sure did. So I, I'm just saying from a defensive standpoint, I don't know if I feel the same way about my safety room <laughs> going, going, that, going that direction. What do you think, Clay? The goal for me is just to get better. Get better. And, again, don't overpay for good. Mm-hmm. Overpay for great, sure, but don't overpay for good. What you'll find is – when you're willing to overpay for great but not overpay for good, 
you'll you'll look at free agency totally different. And every single year you'll go, yeah, there's really nobody here. <laughs> there's some good players, but there's no great players, right? And again, Winfield's the only one to me that looks like he's good. So, you know, again, for the right price, here's the other one. We mentioned a name the other day, right? And it's actually, uh, I think it was our boy Andy A. Pack mentioned him right here. He said, Geno Stone, you are a Packer, right? That's the guy, when we looked at free agency, He's one of just a handful that we said, you know what? I'd go after that guy. We said Geno Stone, they had him his market value at six and a half million per. And then Alohi Gilman, they had him at his market value at 2.7 million per. There's no way Geno Stone's going to get franchise tags. So they're either trying to work out a deal right now or he's going to test the market. Okay. If he gets to the market and you can get him for six and a half million, I'm totally cool with that. You're going, why, why do that, Clayton? Because he's been way more consistent than Darnell Savage. You were willing to pay him $8 million, right? 7.9, 7.8, whatever the, the total number was. But it's funny you mention that, Andy, because we talked about it the other day, and PFF put this out earlier, PFF Green Bay Packers. Look, look who – I don't know if they watched the pot or if they're just thinking <laughs> about us, but they said, should the Packers target Geno Stone in free agency was the question. So it's on a lot of people's minds. It really is. So uh, the way I would approach it, I would not go after Antoine Winfield um, and pay all that money for him because it's going to be – it's kind of a shallow safety market, so the prices are going to get inflated pretty quick. That is, if he doesn't get franchise tagged. I would go after Geno Stone and Alohi Gilman and then be willing to draft two more safeties, at least one more. And now you've completely revamped your safety room, and guess what? It's an open competition with a new D.C. who is unbiased towards anyone, right? That's where you're going to get true competition. So I think the – the answer to most of our problems at every position on any football roster is competition, man. Competition will breed excellence every single time. You know, it's like you notice how, you know, anytime someone gets a monopoly on anything, the value of that product just goes to the freaking tank, right? I mean, every time you're you own a landscaping business, Emilio, right? Yeah. So how how do you approach pricing? If you're busy, the prices go up, right? They just do. If you when you first started your business though, you were out there. I'll grab any yard you got. I'll Ooh. I'll take I'll Ooh, take anything. For free, baby. You yeah. were talking cards. Hey, I just trimmed it up for you. Let your friends know. I did yeah. the quarter Mexican, quarter Italian. This <laughs> guy um, but once you get busy, everything kind of changes, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's somewhat of a parallel in that regard. But if you if you create that competition, in that case, it's competition amongst customers rather than competition competition amongst businesses. Right. If you were the only business in town, they pay out the too right. to get you to, to mow. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of how I look at it. But I would like to see them go after Geno Stone and or Alohi Gilman and then take a couple swings in the draft. And you might strike lightning to where you're looking up like like Sean McVay did in L.A. a couple years ago and go, I got to get out of 12 personnel and go to 11 because Cooper Cup's on the bench. You might be yeah. looking up and going. And they're going to say, I want to get out of base and I want to go to dime. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm going to get out of nickel and go to dime. Yeah. Right? Three safeties and five. Yeah, you can see that happen. Yeah, there you go. You get your veteran and then your two rookies go three safeties and have a day. And, and this is what I mean by the, the league is constantly changing, you know. Opinions I had three years ago are probably irrelevant now because you've got to reevaluate every year. And, and why do I say that? Because the coaches, the general managers, everybody in football, even at the college level, they're reevaluating every year. And things come and go with the cyclical nature of the game mm-hmm. of football, man. For Dennis sure. is talking about it right there. Same in the trucking. They, yep. There you go, man. That's Found your price, you. Dennis. Yep, that's it. So anyway, that's uh, that's how we kind of feel about the safety room. And I think. It sounds like I'm probably the only one on here that kind of read into that a little bit. 
a little bit more, and maybe I am overblowing it, but I kind of feel like Goody's saying there needs to be some changes on this back end. Right. Other than other than Jair, because that answer is no. Next question. So <laughs> I love it though, man. Uh, hey, I he's think gonna it build it around long. Jair now. What's that? I said he's gonna build it around Jair now. Yeah, and you know, that's the other thing too. Like when you talk about getting a good safety to play in this defense, think about this. When we're playing shell coverage, and, and we're talking about pre-snap shell, guys, it was very rare this year that we were just in, you know, kind of that middle field open look. We played middle field close. I don't say it's very rare, but it's not, it wasn't as often as people would expect from a Fangio style defense. We show shell and then late rotate to single high. What he's talking about in Halfley is talking about not really worrying about that pre-snap sugar. He does his sugaring up front, right? That sounds like a country song. <laughs> my sugaring up front. He he does his sugaring up front. He'll show six and seven seven man pressure and then drop them out and only bring five to six, right? Like he'll he'll kind of move guys around. We showed you two clips in a 14 play saturation where the defensive tackle actually dropped into coverage. That was kind of playing a mini spy, but taking away the short underneath as well. But when when you shift into this kind of defense, what I was saying last year. And, and the year before, too, if you're going to play a Fangio style where you've got a quarter's look, and, and, and in some cases at a minimum, the year before we ran a lot of what we call quarter, quarter, half, or cover six, which is essentially deep quarter, deep quarter, and then deep half, right? And that's why it's that's why it's called six. Half the field is cover four. Half the field is cover two. Four plus two equals six. Some people refer to it as quarter, quarter, half, or half, quarter, quarter. Um, so if we're not going to be in shell coverage – then guess what? You you need that safety that's going to be playing center field to be an Ed Reed top dog. Now I'm not saying we we have to go out and find a first ballot Hall of Famer, but you got to get a good starting quality safety, right? You've got to you've got to do that. Um, I think it's going to be huge for this defense and Jeff Halfley. And my guess is when he sits down and looks at the roster, he's going to go, all right, let's look at the front. You got Kenny Clark, man, it's Carl Brooks. He's looking promising. Devontae White's a hell of a pass rusher. Okay. I think I got what we need on the defensive front for the most part to see what we can do with it, right? You're going to have Rashawn Gary on one side, Preston Smith on the other with Lucas Van Ness. Oh, by the way, if they do shift to a 43 base, don't be surprised if those guys start getting some snaps inside now, Lucas Van Ness and Preston Smith. Mm -hmm. It's possible. More so Lucas Van Ness than Preston Smith, but you're, you're pretty well set across the front. And what did Goody just say? I feel like we played pretty consistent up front. It was just the back seven. Right. So I'd say he'll go and look at that roster. You've got to go, okay, we're pretty good there. Linebacker, uh, linebacker's a little shaky, right? Corner, you got Jair. All right, let's see what Valentine can do. And Valentine can do in this defense. Maybe you might want to plug a corner in, but I guarantee he's going to look at safety and go, he, he's going to go, yeah, I think we got something to work with here. And then they're going to close the door. He's going to look at Goody and go, they were cheeks. That was bad. Like we got to, we got to do something with safety. I kind of so, feel like the trade question was directed at the wrong corner. Um, yeah. Maybe I should have asked: Is Eric Stokes Jr. on the, the trade block? Damn. You know, and what's crazy is mm. Eric Stokes played more man at Georgia, right? It's pretty common knowledge. From I, I'm not a big Georgia fan, but the way that Georgia fans talk, he was more of a man coverage type corner. So you would think this scheme would fit him. It's the last straw, man. It's the last straw. If he can't play man coverage in this type of defense, then what are we doing? It's it's. I, I'm just so worried they're going to pick up the fifth-year option. And that's nothing against Eric Stokes. Uh, he's got all the physical tools in the world, but, man, he just hasn't been able to put it together. You know, fully well, being available is another thing too, right? You know, that's another guy who's been bit pretty hard by the injury bug. Absolutely, man. Doesn't really help. Accountability, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Very well said. 
Um, so let's do this. Let's shift gears. One of the other questions was uh, Aaron Jones, right? They asked Goody about Aaron Jones and maybe, you know, a little bit about his future with the team. Let's see what Goody had to say about Aaron Jones. Thanks, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we'd love to have Aaron back. We're still kind of putting all those things together as far as how we're going to move forward. But, I mean, um, he was such a difference maker uh, when he was out there this year. Um, the way our offense was able to move, um, uh, the way he, um, I mean, just he changed a lot of the way we, we operated when he was in there and when he was healthy. I think for us, it's uh, finding a way to keep him out there and keep him healthy. Um, but he was, um, you know, not only on the field, but just, and you guys know this, um, you guys that have been around here. I mean, he's such an influential leader in our locker room, and um, he's just really kind of the heartbeat of, of our team. So um, we're certainly, that's, that's kind of the anticipation is that he'll be back. I had this comment from SDM40, Mark. I'm going to read it real quick, then we'll move on to Aaron Jones. He said, Fennel, Ben Fennel mentioned teams are shying away from paying top dollar on safeties anymore, might find a bargain veteran DB. Uh, you know, quarterback. There you go. So uh, very well said, SDM40. And that is that does kind of seem how the market is. I just wanted to – I apologize. I overlooked that. I definitely want to hit on that. I think it's a good point. And it's another reason why we might be able to get a, a good deal there in free agency for sure. But as far as Aaron Jones and what Goody just said, to me he was pretty clear. He wants he wants Jonesy back. Like, hey, look, we're going to make this work, right? And I brung that up because I'm pretty sure I know where we all stand here and I'll go around the horn with it. But one important date that's going to kind of kick things off, right, is this right here last year? We we obviously know Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones's contract is going to have to be adjusted, whether it's a pay cut or just spreading spreading you know uh, converting base salary to signing bonus and kicking that out over the three voidable years. It's already the skeleton of that contract's already in place. They may go that route. They may ask him to take another pay cut. And again, in his eyes, he's probably looking at like the market's down anyway. I'm still one of the highest paid running backs in the league. I think before the new contracts hit last year, he was the highest paid, if I remember correctly. But anyway, uh, as far as that restructure, when did it take place last year? It took place on February 17th. Guys, it's already the second. That's coming up. That's right around the corner. Here in the next week and a half, we're going to get an answer on Aaron Jones, which I think it'll just be some kind of restructure uh, slash and or pay cut. But also that's around the same time that we'll probably hear something about David Bakhtiari as well. Now, as far as the Devondre Campbell, I think that's going to come way later. There's benefits to wait until after June 1st for him. There's also some potential with David Bakhtiari that you could gain a little bit of cap off of medical insurance, if you will, injury insurance. Uh, I don't understand all those rules, nor am I going to take the time to learn them. It's it's just not that important to me. But just wanted to point that out. Sounds like he wants Jonesy back. Sounds like it's in the plans. He said he's the heartbeat of the team. And you can expect around February 15th, February 17th, maybe February 20th, something to take place there with Aaron Jones' contract as well as David Bakhtiari. But around the horn here, Tim, what do you think? Uh, you want Jonesy back, right? I, I probably shouldn't even ask. but Absolutely, 100%. Would be a nice little Valentine, Valentine's Day gift to us, right? We'll get a, we'll get a Jonesy uh, restructure. And, you know, I've said this before. If anyone on this team is willing to take a pay cut, it's probably, it's probably showtime. Um, but I don't necessarily think he's going to have to. Maybe it's, uh, con- you know, you talk about converting things into bonuses and think there's ways to restructure without necessarily, uh, you know, you can free up the cap space without necessarily screwing the the player out of his money. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that's uh, something that is a priority, and it's good to hear Goody speak that way because, you know, there was, honestly, there's that little doubt in the back of your mind, you know, how long is this guy going to be a Green Bay Packer? And, 
you know, we get this deal done here. It, I mean, that's going to shore it up. I mean, he should retire a Green Bay Packer, and I'm excited about that, guys. And I think it gives us the opportunity to, um, you know, keep Jones and probably draft a running back maybe and uh, also look at, uh, you know, guys like Emmanuel Wilson in the future that can develop behind a guy like Aaron Jones. So, you know, we got to shore up that running back room also. Um, but when you've got a guy like, like Jonesy, man, anything, anything's possible with your season. Uh, and I echo Goody's sentiment where it's just, you know, we got to do what we can to utilize him the best way possible and keep him out there on the field. Cause right. you know, we missed a, a, a you know, I, I go back and I think, man, last season, as special as it was and what a great ride. Can you imagine if we had Aaron Jones for, you know, 15, 16 games? I mean, you've so, seen him week one there against the Bears just absolutely yeah. exploded. Mm-hmm. And, um, and to his credit, man, what a way to come back from that injury and to just yeah. – he basically tried to cram an entire season into the last <laughs> five or six Not games. Making up for it, right? Yeah, yeah, man. You just – you love that, man. He's a he's a leader on all levels, you know. Not He's a vocal leader. He's a – you know, spiritual leader. He's a veteran leader. He's uh, leads by example with his play. I mean, we heard Jaden Reed's comments, right? You're a guy I want to want to block for a guy that I want to go out and, you know, play for. So I think this is great news. It goes without saying, right? Dennis Shook in the chat said, do a two hour show. I dare you. And then Donovan Schilling said two hour show where we market Don. I'll tell you what, guys, I'll do a two hour show. If you pay pal over the uh, the money to me, so I could pay for the divorce lawyer. All right, that's <laughs> make that happen. But you sure Emilio, you good with keeping? <laughs> you good with keeping Jonesy, Emilio? Nine, one, five. Throw it at him, baby. Thank you. <laughs> I'm all about it, man. So keeping Jonesy, right? I think it's pretty. And you pretty better bad. fire up my tractor right now because we're keeping my man. Fired up, Tim. Turn those glow plugs. Oh, okay. I see what we're doing. I see Thank what we're you. doing. John, John already called it. John yeah. Deer Green. Dylan. John Deer Green. On a hot summer night, he rode Billy Bob loves Charlene. I mean, I what do you? What's he gonna do? Get rid of the hat? No. He's gonna add. He's gonna he add. A, a hat. Gonna add a piece of hay to that setup <laughs> <laughs> i want to see him back i think it's going to be one of those things that they've probably got a number on yeah. aj Dillon right now right and they probably are going to be going to him real soon and saying hey what do you think about this number and i wouldn't be surprised if Dillon takes the first offer they give him because he just likes it so much up here if he wants to test the market no hard feelings that dude you know what i mean you got to you got to do what's best for your family right. and do what's best for you too um so you know let him go test the market and then see if it's worth matching. I don't think he's going to blow the market out of the water. I really don't. Um, mainly because the production was down last year. If it had been the year before, he it might have been a little more difficult to bring him back. But I have to agree, John. I think Dylan's probably coming back um, at the right price, of course. Deadfish in the chat says, Blake Corum looks to be very similar size-wise to Aaron Jones. Corum is a little faster. Would like him as an Aaron Jones insurance policy pick. I like it. Um, uh, you know, most of the time you're going to need four four backs on this roster for the most part, right? Um, so if you're going to roll with four or at least have one that's going to, you know, kind of jump on and off the practice squad at least, you know, to the to the limit, the, the league limit of three times there with that move, I think I really like the idea of the running back room being Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Blake Corum, and Emmanuel Wilson for when someone's banged up and you need to activate him on game day. Like that's a pretty solid, mm-hmm. you know, bunch of backs there. And and who better 
for someone like Blake Corum or insert young athletic running back to learn from and Aaron freaking Jones, man. He's he's the reason that A.J. Dillon is the pro that he is, right? A.J.'s been the one to talk about that. So I think it could be huge. I mean, um, we did take a shot last year with Lou. I know it was in the seventh round, but yeah. – Lou Nichols, yeah. Right, he didn't make the cut. So do you think Goody goes earlier this time or another late late round just to have it? I don't know, man. Um, I think it's going to come down to the board. If he's got someone that's in that top 50 and he gets into the somehow some ways in the fourth or the fifth round and a running back sitting there, I think he'll pull the trigger pretty early. That's I don't see him doing it before the third round unless he's just got an absolute stud sitting there that it's like, hey, this guy's in our top tier of talent. I don't think that guy exists in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. But by the time the draft gets here, and we've talked about it a thousand times, we're liable to look up and go, hey, this might be the dude, right? Mm-hmm. I'm all about I don't look at running back like it's less of a position. I don't look at any position where I go, oh no, you you just need to take that position later. Right. It depends on where they're falling on the board. Now, some positions are more important than others, absolutely. But you know, the way I would answer that is, you know, insert the best back in the game. And I don't know who that might be right now. I can't, you know, maybe uh, Chubb, Nick Chubb in Cleveland. If Nick Chubb was sitting there in the second round and you tell me you pass him up, I know I wouldn't, you know, and anyone who says they would are lying and they're, it's, they just don't know if that player is Nick Chubb or not. If the, if you've got a high enough grade on it, it gives you, you know, enough confidence in the fact of, okay, this guy's worth taking at this spot. So, well, don't forget um, we can throw Keyshawn back there, you know, in a pinch. <laughs> Keyshawn would play quarterback if we let yeah, him. <laughs> and, Keyshawn and, wants to be a wild, wild cast up. Bro, it yeah. feels like Keyshawn wants to be in Green Bay, too. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up, but he's like, he, he has made it very, very, very clear. He is, he, he is not worried about negotiating hardball. It's like he's pretty much let them know he wants to be in Green Bay. Yeah. I hope he's back, man. And if you somehow, some way do draft, a corner uh, or a safety or a couple safeties. And one of those safeties can actually, you know, play slot and relieve him of that slot position and just let him focus on return. He's the best kick returner in the game last year. To me, that's worth the money you probably need to pay. And then you, you know, a positive would be a positive would be having him as a backup slot. Right. Right. Um, it's not like he's not going to play the slot. He just go to go from one to two on the depth chart. Right. Yeah. And if, if the draft doesn't fall right. Right. And you don't get that slot. Guess what? Keyshawn's coming back a full year under his belt, and it's better than having a, you know, someone who's who's unproven and, and a late round pick doing it right. So I think yeah. there's a lot of benefit to bringing him back too. There's some people that are going, we don't have any money. I, I really, really, really challenge you guys that 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 are so like you know cap scared. Just study it a little bit. I'm telling you, it's it's not a big deal. Like one of the doom and gloomers. I shouldn't even say this, but. One of the cap doom and gloomers actually released some numbers today, and they were dead on with what we said about our cap numbers. You've got upwards of $80 million that you can free up with realistically $50 million you can free up. You cut that in half at 20. You can make this stuff happen very, very easily, especially with voidable years on the future, too, if you want to go that route. I'm not saying you should tack on any more voidable years. The cap is cleaned up enough that you can handle it. But as far as restructuring the contracts and just spreading them out over the duration and the the the, the skeleton aspect of the contracts that are already put in place with voidable years, you can make this stuff happen. It's just it, it's about finding the right players more so than how much cap do we have, right? Uh, you know, Goody's not going to overpay for good. There's no doubt about that. Um, one player that we are kind of concerned about is he going to get overpaid or is he even going to be back? Was David Bakhtiari, and Goody was asked about Bach. 
And this answer, think about how he answered the Aaron Jones question. All right. Yeah. And listen, I'm going to go ahead. Full disclaimer. I want David Bakhtiari back next year. I want David Bakhtiari to finish as a Packer under the right cap number. Okay. Not at the 39 million. No way. No, how ain't happening. <laughs> if you can get that cap hit down to somewhere around 32 to the tune of a cut, I'm not talking about kicking the can down the road either. You can get him to shave off eight, eight to nine million off of that cap hit this year. I'm all about having him back. So you can free up money there and you can get him back if he's healthy. But think about how Goody answered the Aaron Jones comment or question, right? He's the heart, he's the heartbeat of this team. You know, we want him back. Our offense is more dynamic without him. He was asked about Bach. Listen how he answered Bach's question. Because it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what Goody thinks, right? He's the one pulling the pulling the strings. Here we go. Hey, Brian, what do you think are going to be some of the considerations they're going to have to make uh, moving forward with David? Yeah, again, we're still at the very beginning stages of looking at, you know, how we're going to move forward with all that. Um, obviously, David's been through a really rough stretch with the injury stuff, and he's, and he's going through a very major um, surgery uh, trying to get back to be able to play. So we're monitoring that. I know he's working his tail off, and, um, you know, we'll kind of once we get down the road and see where he's at, you know, health-wise, um, we'll kind of make those decisions. To me, that felt like a sure little bit different that? answer. You sure about that? Now, it also, to me, I think it puts the ball in box court. Like, hey, man, the message there, again, when a general manager or a coach talks to the media, he's talking to his team. We know that. That's right? Bill Walsh 101. The message there is you got to prove to us you're healthy, man. We're not doing this again. You know, that's kind of the message I took. Um, what do you guys think? Round the horn, Tim. You think uh you think box back first of all, what do you think of Goody's comments and do you think box back? I I think uh yeah, the comments kind of speak for themselves, right? He was trying to find the best way to yeah, you could tell he was choosing his words carefully in that situation. Um and I think it's true. Like we don't we don't know yet. And uh we'd like to know sooner than later. But uh, I'm getting that vibe too. I don't want to speculate, but I'm getting that similar vibe you are, Clayton, that like, hey, you know we've all echoed this same sentiment. If he's ready to play and he's able to play and he wants to play another year, I think he should stay in green Bay. Absolutely. But is he physically available? Is he going to give us 10, 12, you know, 13, 14, 15 games uh, next season? That's, that's the real question. And I don't, I don't think we have an answer on that. And I don't think David Bakhtiari may, may not have an answer on that at this point. So, um, you know, time will tell, I guess, I guess we have to be patient, but, it's good to see our GM is not willing to just, you know, quickly answer that one. You know, he's calling it like he sees it. And uh, when the decision time comes, that they'll make the decision. But it's clearly not right now. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Emilio? How are you feeling about yeah, it? Yeah, uh, I second what both y'all said. You know, we, we want him back if he's healthy, ready to roll. But he, he needs to take he needs to take some money off the top there. And honestly, I think Goody would be fine with cooking up a trade or something. And you know, shipping them over to the Jets, getting getting their third and fourth or whatever, and and calling it a day. I mean, I if 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 he's worried about Bach being healthy by the time that first snap hits, not I mean, not even preseason. I, I don't even. It's not like he's going to practice a bunch. I mean, he's going to have those vet rests on Thursday, Friday. So you need to play sixty snaps a game for. 18 plus weeks if we're going to the playoffs. So, I mean, that that's what I need out of you, Bach. That's what he's got to go sit, go sit down and ask him. Can you give me 60 snaps a week for 20, 25 weeks? And if he can't, then, I mean, he 
Goody's made a hard decision. He, he's going to make a hard decision if we have to. Uh, it's just uh, time time will tell on that one. It sucks, man, because it, it, if you if you had to make me if, – if you made me had to say, okay, like you've got to make a decision right now, Clayton. You've got to bet the farm. Will he be back or will he not be back? Forget the details. Forget the contract restructure. Forget everything. Yes or no, will he be on the Packers roster next year? It, it pains me to say it, but I would have to I would I would have to bet no. That would mm-hmm. be my guess. I hope that's not the case. I hope box back. I love that dude. I love everything about that's him. So oh my God. Yeah. I, I want to see him overcome. Like I want to see him come out and play a full year. You know, Tim, when you were talking about can you give us 10 games, 12 games, 14 games? I'll be honest with you, when you said 10 games, I was like, if you told me he can give you 10 games, I know I'm in the minority here, but I'd say no to that. Like, let's just let's just move on. Like it's you're talking about almost half the season. That he's missing, right? So and we're also and, not bringing up the Rasheed Walker factor, you know, right. guy who was banged up himself, but for the most part was available for us and was able to play um, pretty consistently. And you know, a guy that's you know developing as a mm-hmm. as a left tackle in this league. And you know, what does that mean for him? Does that mean we move him around? And he becomes a swing tackle? Does it mean you know? Right. There's that factor too. With that, I'm sure Goody's weighing all these things out too. It's not just about Dave. And what he's got going on, it's about, you know, like Clayton's saying, the direction of the team and you know mm-hmm. what we want to do moving forward. You know, wants and needs are two different things, right? I mean, right. in our, heart, our football hearts, we want them back. But if we're, like Clayton said, if you got to make the tough decision and do it just based on what's going on here at 1265, maybe maybe we are. Maybe it's time to just cut and run and, and move on. And what's tough is it's not like it, it happened last. You know, it, he's given them a couple of years on it. So right. it, it's it's – He's, you know, and, and what would suck is like you give him all that time, then you get rid of him, then he tears it up, you know, and he <laughs> plays for another six years, right? That that would be the, I mean, worst case scenario for the Packers. But like the problem is you've given him two, three years and you're like, dude, come on. Like I, I'm like, I'm, I'm dragging, like, come on, we just need you to just yeah. step up a little bit. And it's, he's on that cusp of not, you know, having to make that call. We need Bach to come out there like, Like he did in Chicago, man, laying yeah. on the sideline, yeah. waving at the Bears fans after a blowout. And that's what I'm saying. If, if 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 he doesn't play another snap, that is a memory that will go down for you know that picture is going to get framed, and and slap it up on the wall because that was I mean that's great and he's given us all that time so yeah we're happy for it. And I pulled up this mock here for a reason. Like if you took someone like Fuaga out of Oregon State there. 25th pick I think he was the consensus big board when I drafted him at 25 some people are going why in the world would you do that it's a position of tier one importance right and on top of that he was like the 18th best prospect in the entire draft according to the consensus big board which is like the values there it's a top tier position all the stars align pull the trigger there and uh you, you know you maybe you don't even miss Bach right um it just sucks because like I said he you see your favorite players come and go, but one thing, like you were saying there, Emilio and, and Tim too, Goody, you got to tip your cap to Goody because he has given Bach every opportunity. He's done right by Bach. If he cuts him out right, there should be no hard feelings because he stood by him this entire time and stuck with him. He's the one who gave him the big contract extension a few years ago. Goody has nothing to be ashamed of there. I think he's played that very, very well, especially someone that, you know, Goody and Rogers had their differences down the stretch there at the end. And Rodgers and Bach being such good friends, you know, it'd been real easy for Goody to go, you know, it's just clean. There are some fans going, we need to get all these Rodgers guys out of here, right? Goody didn't look at it like that. He looked at Bach as a as his own man. 
And Bach made several comments earlier this year and on Twitter talking about he wanted to come back and he looks forward to working with Goody on trying to get the contract to where it's reasonable. Like he's made comments like that. So now will it be enough? I don't know. I can see Goody just saying we got to pull the trigger and get rid of him. Um, I'd stand behind Goody in that, in that type of move, obviously, but at the same time, man, I, I will not, I will not tolerate any David Bakhtiari slander, especially here in our hometown of, Shady Oaks. All right. So just so you guys know, I just looked over and seen that again. I was talking Jordan Love as we wrap up here. PFF, Green Bay Packers put this out. Jordan Love's PFF grade, weeks one through eight, 65.4, 24 in the league. The rest of the season, from week nine on, 90.7. He was the highest graded quarterback in the entire NFL. So um, obviously, Jordan Love turned it on there toward the end of the seasons. We got Carly jumping in here with us now. Goody actually talked about uh, Jordan. He was asked about Jordan and what he liked about Jordan the most. And uh, this is what he had to say. And he kind of specifically talks about Jordan loves leadership. This is pretty cool stuff. He also makes a, uh, a, uh, a comment on the contract situation that I want to hit on. Then we'll get ready to wrap this thing up. Here we go. What, what impressed you most about him? That's a good question. Um, I think that, uh, I think just the way he led our football team, you know, through the tough times, through the success, um, all the challenges that a season, you know, kind of brings you. He just, he did a really good job kind of leading those guys. And I think for a young player in his first year, that's trying to figure it all out to be able to do that was uh, exceptional. From your perspective, what was it that caused the shift the second half of the year in his performance? Because clearly the second half was a lot better than the first. Yeah, I think part of it's just the reps, right? Uh, we've talked about, you know, through the last couple of years, just how much he needed to play, uh, Jordan particularly. but. Obviously, we had a lot of other players that needed to play as well. And I think the more that they played, um, the more comfortable they got. And I think there was a little bit of a shift somewhere in the middle there where we just started focusing on getting better uh, and maybe not focusing on the results quite as much as, as maybe we were. And just they, let's just get better from, from day to day, from week to week. Um, and when, when I started to see that, I kind of I saw the results coming. All right, good stuff there. Now, he was asked about contract situation. With Jordan Love, here's what Goody had to say. When I started to see that, I kind of I saw the results coming. Brian, would you like to sign him to a long-term deal this offseason? Yeah, you know, I think we'll we'll, we'll go down that road. You know, I think um, certainly, I think that'll be important for our football team to have some stability there. Um, you know, Jordan and his rep- representation. I think they, you know, they're really good people. So we'll start working towards that. You know, sometime this uh, next couple months. Brian, what do you think of the rest of all the new on offense and and how they mm-hmm. progressed? And yeah, I got to give Matt. His- all right, I think it was Clayton. Cool. That was great. How how he answered that question. Yeah, I think oh, we'll uh, we'll go beautiful. that route. What he really wanted to say was, "Hell yeah, we're signing Jay yeah. Money." I think I think it's good to create some stability there, you know, for that position for our team. And this is the part I love from a business standpoint. You know, he's got really good representation. And uh, it'll be – basically he's saying, oh, these guys, they'll make this negotiating process real simple. Real, too. Real simple. Put the pressure right on them like, crap, we're going to come out of here with a – and he knows, too. He paid them a compliment knowing – Jordan's under contract for one more year, and you've got two franchise years you can use too. Telling you, we need to we need to Photoshop those shades <laughs> with the and, with the smoke and the lung dart for for Goody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time he's at the podium, so he's. This so is what I thought Goody was going to say. It's my quarterback. 
That's what I was right. saying. I know that. <laughs> I, hey, I love the response when he's like, so when did you think, uh, you know, when did it become clear that Jordan was the, in your eyes, when was he the guy? And then Goody's like 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. No doubt. Donovan Schilling in the chat said, Carly, the one we're actually here to listen to. Carly, you have the floor, ma'am. What's on your mind? You're muted. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, I don't know. I'm just glad to be um, back here. And I actually watched that press conference a few days ago. So that was cool. Super happy to hear that they are definitely planning to keep um, Jonesy. And it's going to be, yeah, I'm looking forward to the season. It's going to be fun. Yeah, me too, man. I Get Jonesy back, get him completely healthy, possibly Bach. We'll see what happens, right? Um, how do you feel about Bach? I'm going to get your take on that. You want him back or would you rather just free up the 20 mil? I don't know. I really like Bach. <laughs> I really do. So I don't know. I think, you know, I don't really understand the money. I figure you, you can always work it out with the money. Right. And if you want him enough, I just want him to be healthy. Right. You want him to, I hope his knee really is fixed. We thought it was. And then he had that game against the bears, but I feel like whatever you can get out of him would be, would be amazing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah, it is. It's tough. And it's the tough part about, you know, I, Sometimes I hear a player's name and it's like, oh, yeah, they've been out of the league for a couple of years. And I've been a fan for so long. Now I look up, I'm like, they've been out of the league for 12 years. I'm like, mm. oh, my God. So you get kind of attached to these, uh, the the team and everything. And, and you know, Bach's definitely one of those guys. I, I got to be real, though. If I was Bach and I'm battling through this knee injury over and over and over, I'm probably just going to go, you know what, guys? We got we got this new newborn baby. You know, I'm married. I'm just going to go drift off into the sunset and enjoy my life. That would be weird. My knee. Um, you know. It's perfect placement on the drop. It's <laughs> my knee. That's exactly what I would say. My knee. So, uh, all right, let's get ready to wrap it up. I hate Carly jumped in here right as we were getting ready to end this thing. But uh, let's go around the horn one more time. Did we cover everything? Tim, Emilio, is there anything else y'all wanted to hit on? What about you, Tim? Anything else you want to talk about, buddy? We got a new member. Shout out to Bryce B. Mm. So, that's awesome. Welcome. Welcome to the posse. Um, no, I mean, I'm, there's a lot to be excited about, you know, like it looks like for all intents and purposes that uh, our GM is, you know, in agreement with a lot of us right now, I, I think when it comes to, uh, how he sees this, uh, at least these current question marks with the contracts go, um, you know, I think he wants to bring back all of these guys, uh, if he can pull it off. But, um, the biggest question mark clearly is David Bakhtiari right now. And we're just going to have to see how that plays out. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, man. I'm, you know, uncertainty can be a scary thing, but it can also be pretty exciting, you know, and there's a little bit of uncertainty um, hanging over us right now. But I think in the coming weeks and months, that's going to iron itself out and we'll be ready to roll into 2024. Definitely. Uh, Bryce B, like you said, new member. Appreciate you joining, buddy. By the way, guys, we're going to give away the autograph rookie card, the Jaden Reed autograph rookie card this week coming up. Nice. Um just got to pick a day to, to to do that drawing. But anyone who is a member of the PTA Posse uh, here for uh, Packers Total Access, just joining the YouTube group like Bryce B did, that'll put your name on the wheel to win that. We're giving away some merch moving up too. So uh, here looking forward. But Bryce B in the chat says, Go Pack Go, long listener, but new YouTube account. Praise Jesus Christ and the Green Bay Packers. Amen, my man. Mm -hmm. Amen. In there. Um, Emilio, what else you got, buddy? Anything else? No, I, th I think I was just going to hit on the next one you had uh, lined up there from Donovan. Go ahead, bro. Whoops. There you go. The uh, 
how much we lose if we cut him? It's 40, right? He's on the book for right now. So roughly if we cut him, we'd save 20, still pay him out 20. I'm going to pull it up real quick and give you all the numbers. I think that'd be fun to look at really quick. Yeah, because, I mean, like we said, we're, we're, we're worried about the human aspect of it, you know, um, injury aspect of it. And then there's a, you know, there's a financial aspect of it. So it's not like it's just one thing we're making a decision on. It's all, it's, you're juggling every time you're, you're figuring out one of these, one of these decisions for any player, not just Bach, you know, Aaron Jones, Jordan Love, anybody. So. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when it comes to Bach, like I said, I've heard rumors that there's some other extra information or I'm sorry, extra funds that you can kind of free up through injury settlement and things like that. I don't dive too deep into that stuff, but I'll kind of give you an idea of what it looks like here and what I look at in in regards to how much money you can save as we battle through the ads here. I apologize. All right, we're good. So you guys can see this, right, gang? Is that is that large enough, Emilio? Uh, I can go full screen. Yeah. Oh, hold man. We'll, we'll go. Good. Yeah. Let me take it full screen. That might help. Oh, there you go. Perfect. There you go. All right. Better. So essentially what you've got with box contract, right, this year, um, final year of the deal, okay, his cap hit is $39.9 million. His dead cap is $19 million, okay? So what that means is um, you could free up as far as if you just cut him outright, right? Let me back up just a touch. No, it ain't there. Okay. If you if you just cut him outright, you're going to free up roughly $20 million, okay? If you just right. cut him outright, that's what you could free up. Now, if you wanted to keep him, and this is what I was talking about, where you could work out a, a, a deal where you cut money, right? If he's willing to shave, what if he what if he said, you know what, I'm willing to take an eight million dollar pay cut this year? Okay. Do I think he he'll do that? I don't know, right? Some people say no way, no how, he's not gonna do that. I, I think there's a chance he would want to do that. But what you could do if he does do that is you could say, okay, yeah, if you take, if you take, let's say if you take a, a six million dollar or a seven million dollar pay cut, we'll shave that off the base salary. Notice the roster bonus right here. Roster bonus is $9.5 million. What that means is the Packers, if they, if he is on the roster, okay, if he's on the roster week one, then he gets a check for $9.5 million, okay? So they could cut him before then and free up that money, okay? That's part of the money that you could free up along with the base salary. That's how you get into that freeing up roughly $20 million. Gotcha. So if they went to Bach and said, hey, how about we trim your base salary down to, let's say, you know, three million for your base salary, and we'll take that roster bonus, that full roster bonus. Okay, we'll take it and we'll convert it to signing bonus. We'll write you a check for nine and a half million dollars. Then you could shave however much it is off the the seven million off of the cap. Take this cap hit down now to roughly thirty two million dollars, which would make him right in the ballpark of a top three, top five highest paid left tackle in the game. This is if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, no deal. Right. It's just we, we've been through this too much. But if you can kind of guarantee, yeah, the knee checks out, we're good to go. He's going to be good to go this year. Then you could do that and trim about seven to eight million off the cap. Give him guaranteed money and a little bit of stability there, even though he is taking a pay cut. That's similar to what they did with Aaron Jones last year. So hopefully that answers the question. I would be OK with that scenario once again, if 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 he is healthy. OK, right. he's not healthy. I just I think it's time to move on. I really do. So anyway, anybody else got anything? Uh, Carly, anything you want to hit on before we wrap up? We're at the hour four minute mark. We did good tonight, guys. No, no, I'm good. That's good, good stuff to know. 
Cool. Well, I'm glad you jumped in here with us here, uh, coming down the stretch. You're a fan favorite. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, Thanks. You, uh, the numbers would have would have diminished tremendously if you hadn't hopped in here. I guarantee it. So. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> All right, um, Milio, Tim, y'all got anything? You good, fellas? No, I'm good, man. I'm I'm glad we covered it. I'm glad we went through Goody's presser. To it's exciting, man. We're closing in. We're gonna. I mean, got football this next weekend. Who knows if we're gonna watch it? You know, right? And then. Uh, We'll go from there. Yeah, I like this right here. Donovan Schilling says, AFAM's favorite rocks, rock song is Shania Twain, I Feel Like a Woman. There you go. All right, there's the cut down of the night. Had to get it in there at the last second, didn't you, bro? Yeah. Um, all right, so tomorrow morning for Good Morning Lambo, we're going to have a special guest on, and it's going to be Coach Haddad. Uh, for those of you who don't know Coach Haddad, he's got 12 years coaching experience at the high school level. He is in the Foxborough, Massachusetts area, kind of in the backyard. I think he's like 20 minutes outside of Foxborough in the backyard of the New England Patriots area. He has been to, if I understood correctly, coaching clinics put on by none other than Boston College's former head coach, Jeff Halfley, your new D.C. So we're going to have Coach Haddad come in tomorrow morning, and I'm going to go like this. Zoop. I'm going <laughs> to shut up and break out the notepad, and he's going to teach us tomorrow some of the man coverage techniques, the technical side, what is being taught to the players on how to use leverage, how to play stands, the technicalities of playing man coverage, specifically taught by your new DC there, Jeff Halfley. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I reached out to him. He actually reached out to me a couple of days ago because he was laughing at the Twitter outrage of uh, Packer fans responding to a tweet he put out where he was at one of those seminars. So I just uh, shot him a message back and apologized that Packer fans were, you know, cussing and carrying on and said, hey, would you like to come hang out with a bunch of Packer fans? And he said, <laughs> sure. So his uh, his grace is appreciated for sure. So we'll have him on in the morning to talk about that. Then we'll be back tomorrow night for PTA Live. I'm sure we'll find uh, something else uh, good to dive into. But I really appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. It was a lot of fun. Again, special shout out to Bryce B. Appreciate you, buddy. What are you doing, Amelia? I was telling him to hit that like button, but okay. I was <laughs> Gotcha. Hit that like button is what Emilio said. Yeah. Um, also, uh, search. You can find this podcast. You can find this program in podcast form under Packer Net Podcast. Okay. Uh, you'll also find Jake Shavink's It's Always Draft Season podcast there. You'll find Ryan Schlipp's Packer Net Podcast, the flagship podcast for the Packer Net Podcast Network, and also Packer Net After Dark, which here lately has been really interesting because we've actually had a lot of people calling in and kind of showing Joe Barry some grace, which I thought was kind of cool. It's like mm-hmm. everybody, it's like the emotional roller coaster of the season wore off a little bit for some, and they're sitting there going now, like, uh, did we make the right move? <laughs> so that's kind of what it feels like. Some of those people who are listening to this right now going, nope, I got to call back in. That's not what I meant. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But anyway, you can scan that QR code in the upper right. That'll send you to Packernet Podcast. So that's where you can find a lot better content than you're listening to right now bryce b again thank you for becoming a youtube member appreciate you hanging out with us and uh and being a member of the pta posse did you see something else in the chat you wanted to hit you were over giggling all right i was giggling at you oh yeah doesn't everybody my god take a look (laughs) at the size of this head it's hard not to giggle anyway we're out of here guys appreciate y'all we'll see you in the morning with coach haddad as always let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack go the power sweep Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not, 
to drive down on the first man who is inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. 